Who's that Pokemon? Noir edition. Charmander, light my smoke. Char Char. Thank you, Charmander. Spent 30 years on the force at the Rhyme City Detective Agency. When I think back on those years, one case comes to mind almost immediately. The case of Vertigo Joe. We got worried that there was a cat stirring up some stuff down at the Gerardo's lounge. So we decided to go pay him a visit. Alright, Charmander, this is the guy. Grill him. Char Char. Meow! Meow! Char! Meow! Meow! Alright, Charmander, this guy's not talking. Hit him in the jellies! Hey, wait a second! Don't touch no jellies of mine! Char? Wait, you can talk? A talking me out. What, what do you know? It's not that crazy of a concept. You know what? I've been talking 20 years. Talking before you were in diapers. I'm sick of this kind of police mistreatment. Char Char. Hey now, you can't say that to me anymore. Char. It's 2019, it's not appropriate. Charmander, watch your language. Now listen to me, Meowth. Now that you can talk, you're gonna talk to me. Char. That's right, Charmander. We're looking for Vertigo Joe. Listen, I didn't know nothing. All I knew is I woke up two weeks ago not remembering a thing except that I love gin and tonics, a good old saxophone solo, and that, you know, from time to time, I have a general existential crisis. What's wrong with that, huh? That ain't a crime. You know me, Alf. That sounds a lot like my father. My father's Vertigo Joe. I don't know no Vertigo Joe, and I don't know no father. All I know is I'm a Meowth. Charmander, hit him in the jellies. Char. I hope this wakes. No! Not in my jellies! Char. Oh my god. Son? Father? It's been 20 years. We're back together again. And now we have this pet Meowth and this pet Charmander. Char. By our sides. I never thought that going to the Gyarados Lounge, having my Charmander hit a Meowth in the jellies would bring my dad back. But it did. No, anyway, he's a podcast. Hello and welcome to Son of a Ginger. I'm Mason Moreau. I'm Patrick Baylor. And we have another guest here returning for the third, fourth time. Third time. Third time. Uh, Beth Marcinko. Hi, guys. Char Char. Char Char. Hell yeah. Playing the part of Charmander. So we're here today to talk about Detective Pikachu. Ooh. Pretty exciting movie, I would say. You know, they they kind of turned Pikachu into Ted a little bit. But that being said, what did you guys think? What are your initial thoughts? Coming out of the theater, I was so happy because I grew up with Pokemon as the three of us did. And just seeing that level of nostalgia on screen, it just, it warmed my heart. It was a film that existed for fan service, in my opinion. I know this movie was made 
on the heels of the Pokemon Go craze. Like, I think that's what greenlit this in the first place. As much as I loved seeing the Pokemon I liked, I just thought this was a little bit of a cash grab. I don't know. Oh, I mean, the movie itself, like, if we're looking at it technically, was not good. Like, the structure was good, but the writing was terrible. And let's not forget that we should take a step back and realize what Pokemon itself was, which was a total cash grab. The the anime was created specifically to market the cards in the game, and the video games were created to market the cards, and the cards were created to market the video game, and the video game marketed the the show, and it like it was this whole ecosystem of stuff that was just meant to get you to buy the products and to get kids to want nothing but those products. Which I definitely bought into fully as a child. We all did. We <laughs> all had that one craze, right? Every generation has that one craze. Pokemon was definitely that. The Pokemon marketing machine churned out this movie called Detective Pikachu and hit all of our nostalgia strings. Very fair. I guess I'm seeing it through the lens of a cynical millennial that now has to buy all these things instead of my parents paying for it. (laughs) Do you still buy Pokemon cards, Patrick? Oh, yeah. Whenever I go to the grocery store and see that they're around, of course, of course. I mean, that big aisle at Target, how can you stay away? I mean, the cards are literally so shiny. They built up like a pretty decent world in this, right? The only city in the Pokemon canon where Pokemon and humans walk among one another as equals, which is pretty cool. Some true Pokemon pals all around. So then we're like left in this world that we're kind of given, but then what's the story, right? We get to aspiring insurance adjuster. You know is Tim. He's destined for something greater, right? With a great name uh, like Tim, you know he's destined for something great. Stumbles upon a talking Pikachu voiced by Ryan Reynolds because of course, right? You're going to get Ryan Reynolds to voice your Pikachu. I wasn't mad about it. And there aren't going to be any comparisons to Deadpool and everyone's going to love it anyway. Of course right? not. He's like, there was no way people weren't going to love it. I honestly didn't see that much wrong with Ryan Reynolds being... The voice of Pikachu. I like Deadpool, but to me, the character is different enough. That doesn't affect how I viewed the movie. Even in Deadpool, though, it's it's like it's Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And in Van Wilder, it's Ryan Reynolds as Van Wilder. And in this, it's Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. His persona, his actual personality bleeds through in all of his roles so it's so he's like the opposite of daniel day lewis yeah exactly truly yeah and he only really takes roles that he can sort of attach his personal humor and sensibilities to i would say at least since green lantern ouch but yeah you know like you said you felt some nostalgia but like to what extent like what stuck out in in particular in this movie to you that you were just like oh my god I can't believe they put that in there. Well, what, what I'd say that stuck out to me and what I think was the best part of the film is the Pokemon looked great. They were well animated, great VFX job, and you could tell this is where the work went into with this film. What makes me see this film in a positive light is all these Pokemon are so damn cute. They're all cute. And like I found that sometimes I was like, I didn't really think about Snorlax having fur, but of course he has fur. You know what I mean? Like, and so these these sort of animations where they bring the Pokemon into the real world was something that you always sort of hoped you could see one day when you were, you know, like when when you were a kid. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm speaking for everyone here, but you wanted a real Pokemon, right? And You're, not a dog, no, not a dog definitely. or a hamster. It's you wanted the Pokemon, and so like being able to see what that would maybe be like was it, like fulfilled that 
little part of my brain. Definitely the biggest nostalgia point that hit me was seeing it brought to life. Just seeing all of the different types of Pokemon and really getting a feel for like the vast species of Pokemon that there are. I thought that the movie did a really good job doing that. As cool as the Pokemon were, like all the side Pokemon, they didn't really matter that much to the story. It was just cool eye candy. And it was cool to see this imagery because one thing like was talked about when the first concept art was is how oddly realistic these Pokemon were. And it reminded you like some clickbait you'd see on Facebook. <laughs> Like, look at this realistic Pokemon. One of the concept artists is the artist of that clickbait. Mm-hmm. R.J. Palmer, I believe, according yeah. to IMDb trivia. Yeah, you know, I thought those R.J. Palmer drawings that went around the internet forever were even more realistic than what ended up in the movie. Like, Bulbasaur looks just like the show, except he just has a little bit of textured skin. Yeah. Right? Pikachu, the same way. Textured mm-hmm. fur. That lended itself to sort of the whimsical nature, having it still look like it was part of the cartoon instead of really just trying to make them look like they're real animals. I'd say it helped positively distract from what wasn't good about this film. I felt they they walked this sort of thin line between realism and surrealism. A fun kids movie like that really should walk that line because it makes kids really immersed in this fantastical world of like, and maybe give us like the feeling that we maybe had when we were kids of, oh, I want this Pokemon to be my best friend and this is possible. Like it gives you more possibility. Right. As far as imagination is concerned. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. And yeah, this movie works for the imagination standpoints. What didn't work though for this film is the story. We touched upon it earlier. Super quick synopsis. Detective dies. His son has to like, you know, take care of his estate over in Rhyme City. However, stumbles upon this talking Pikachu and says, oh, there's something bigger happening. And they go looking for the missing dad and then end up uncovering this giant corporation. Head honcho CEO wants to merge Pokemon with people all together because Pokemon can evolve and they can be better evolutions of themselves. And why can't people do that, too? Let's merge them all together. And if that sounds quickly slapped together, I think it was. If you think that synopsis sounds quickly slapped together. Yeah. Well, first of all. This story sort of follows the skeleton outline of the plot for pretty much every one of the animated Pokemon feature films. The main character is going about their business and then thrust into the situation where the stakes of a whole city or whatever. Right. Whatever, and it's, right? it's like reliant on this main character pulling through and, you know, using the skills of the Pokemon that they have at their disposal to save the world. So in that way, they kind of just took what worked with the movies that we grew up watching and applied it. But let me tell you, in college, we decided one night to play a drinking game where we watched Pokemon the movie and had different like rules or whatever. And let me tell you, Pokemon the movie, it sucks. It's really bad. How dare and you? <laughs> that was one of the first times where I was like, this really is a marketing machine for these cards because they just gather all of these Pokemon for whatever reason and show you all of them on the screen or whatever. And going into this movie, I wasn't expecting to not be sold Pokemon. Oh, okay. So you're cynical. Yeah, I guess. We're cynical people that have to pay for the shit ourselves. Except for me. Well, I paid for it myself, but I did not come out feeling cynical about it. I don't know. I I guess I went in with the mindset of, I'm going to see this movie because it's something that I care about and that's fun. And it's not going to make me buy Pokemon cards because 
who will play Pokemon with me. But I just didn't get that same feeling because I just love watching it. And when I was a kid, I was way more into the show than I was into the video games or the cards. And like while I still played them, I I don't know. I just always enjoyed that kind of immersiveness into this like Pokemon fantastical world. Yeah, of course. I totally agree. So like the story problems aside, they succeeded at creating a world that you want to explore, that you don't want to see go away. Yeah. Right. That you enjoy looking through the lens of the characters to experience for an hour, 30 minutes or however long this movie is. Then when you leave, you're kind of like, oh, maybe there'll be a sequel and they'll explore a whole new different facet of this new world that they've set up. Right. Yeah. And that's intriguing. And that is probably the highest praise I could give this movie is that they established a fully realized world and they had good source material. That's true. Like, I like what they did with the third gen rock Pokemon that I can't remember, but that was like the giant island, though. I think that was literal world building. The Torterra, yeah. Torterra. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Beth. Yeah. So I liked how it infused that stuff and how it did like affect their daily lives. Again, harping on the story, it just seemed like something that I think they could have spent a little bit more time on to make it not a thing just for kids and getting them like excited about Pokemon and making this new generation of fans. But they're aware that this other generation that grew up on it, I think they could have made some things a little bit better story-wise. Big thing is, I just didn't understand the motivations of the big bad, other than, you know, he sure as hell told us his motivations. (laughs) The exposition was insane. He told us every damn motivation, but it just still didn't make sense. Like, And it just was just quickly escalated of him being like, man, yeah, I want to be controlling this Mewtwo. You know what? Everyone in the world has got to be their Pokemon, too, because that's what's best for the world. Anyway, I'm going to go do it right now. Ah! Patrick, he wants to be the very best like no one ever was. Yeah. What don't you get about this? (laughs) I mean, it's in the song. And I love the moment where Detective Pikachu himself saying that while being sad. (gasps) While crying. It was so funny. While crying. It was so good. This was a movie that was fast-tracked to still cash in on a new trend with Pokemon Go. Now, if they could have just waited, I don't know, six more months to kind of figure out some better things to make it cohesive and just make it be more than a popcorn flick, I think it could have happened. Now, I just might be spoiled because we watched Avengers weeks ago and that was a fully realized story, but that also had 20 movies, so. If we're talking about like precedent set up by the rest of the world that's been built, I mean, the precedent for Pokemon is that it's kind of popcorn-y and, like, that you're just watching it for fun. I mean, I binged, like, all of the anime that's available on Netflix, and you don't watch that for, like, the real story because, like, there's not really one. It's just this kid kind of wandering the countryside, like, catching Pokemon and fighting bosses, you know? In terms of, like, it working into the world that's been built... I think it fit really well. But no, like the story itself in the movie like wasn't good, like didn't really have like a lot of substance. It was a kid's movie. And And let me let me just say that I guessed the twist before it happened. And I turned to our roommate JP been on the show before and I was like, oh, Pikachu's uh, Tim's dad. His dad's locked inside Pikachu. And then lo and behold, it happened. Can I just say, I'm so upset 
that Ryan Reynolds's face was in this movie. I did not <laughs> want him to like be the actual dad. Like I just, it could have been anybody else if I'm being honest, but I was just like a little annoyed that I'm like, okay, we get it. Ryan Reynolds, like you're in the movie, you're Pikachu's voice, but like, they could have know. hired someone else and then had Ryan Reynolds ADR over there. Yeah, why over not? them too. <laughs> why not? <laughs> but so it brings us to our next question of do we smell a sequel? Which they definitely tried to hint at in like that last little man, we can go on so many more detective adventures. <laughs> um, how's that gonna work now? Detective Pikachu isn't a talking Pokemon, he's just a normal Pikachu, and now we have Ryan Reynolds hanging out. Is Mewtwo just gonna come back and be like all right, gentlemen, we have another uh, mission for you, and I'm going to bring you guys back together again for a good old second round of Buddy Cop comedy. <laughs> There's plenty of Pokemon lore to draw from for new detective work, but I think that maybe they're being conservative with the budget for this movie, possibly, because they didn't know how it would do. So now that it's a hit, they might have a little bit cushier of a budget next time to maybe hire better writers. <sighs> hire the writers of Paddington 2. <laughs> and uh, see what they can do with Pikachu. Like, I don't know. Do you, like, they, maybe they can hire better writers and we'll get Citizen Pikachu. <laughs> Honestly, they could have hired people who write Pokemon fanfic on the internet and this movie would have been better. <laughs> so again, what do y'all think will happen, though? The best part that worked about this film is that Pikachu talks and is voiced by Ryan Reynolds. He no longer is. What happens next? Oh, well, they're going to come up with some reason that uh, Pikachu gets forced... Or Ryan Reynolds gets forced back into Pikachu, for sure. I mean, either that or it kind of goes like the show did. I mean, Pikachu, all he said was Pika Pika in the show, and it worked. I mean, who knows? I think it could go that way, or they'll come up with a bullshit excuse. Or they could put Tim inside Pikachu, and then Ryan Reynolds and Pikachu Tim have to... And Ryan Reynolds voices Tim? No. Ryan Tim. Reynolds' voice is everywhere. The actor who plays Tim will voice Pikachu in this one. I could see that happening. A sequel, I'd see. Either that or we can get a great investigative journalism film starring Lucy where she fuses into her Psyduck. Maybe I'd watch that. I don't even want to watch them like fuse, though. I just, I, I would honestly kind of love to see Lucy with like better writers. Um, because she only speaks in cliches, but I would love to like see a Lucy like investigative report on some like shady happenings around Rhyme City. I also just want to see her like just inexplicable rise through investigative journalism and through CNM. Yeah. Because I, I just loved how like she's wearing a red jacket and then it's like, all right, intern, you're going to get the big story now because you're here. So we're going to put you on prime time and they just say it, say all of it. Right. Some telling instead of showing. I mean, what would happen other than the fusings? Would it just be? I mean, I think it would be like a continued love story between like Tim and Lucy. Obviously, there would be more uh, Pikachu innuendo in some way because or like Ryan Reynolds written innuendo because pikachu was the only like dirty person in this film which i yeah. think is hilarious yeah. well, apparently they had enough r-rated outtakes to make a whole r-rated cut of this film which i, I want to see that to yeah. watch yeah That'd be awesome yeah that might be a blu-ray special feature who knows oh, could be a better film have pikachu <laughs> swearing 
Swear at you. <laughs> Swear at you. <laughs> so before we go, we did get to see a lot of Pokemon. What was the best fan service Pokemon appearance for y'all? Because we didn't get all, now what, 500 of them? But we got some choice ones. I was always a fan of Squirtle. So my favorite thing actually fits in with the, like the title of the movie is where they montage through all the Pokemon with jobs. Yeah. Like all the jobs they do. Charmander's like at a at a walk, like firing street food, mm-hmm. and Squirtle's out there helping people escape from burning buildings, and like the all of those little things where they they sort of establish that these Pokemon actually have a legitimate job to do. In right, and like a place city. in the world. Yeah. yeah, they're not just these commodities that you run around and catch. Yeah. And so the one very brief one that I liked a lot was like someone was holding a togepi in the like battle scene. Um, like a spectator was holding a togepi and that made me really happy. I couldn't see if they looked like Misty or not, but that would have been great. Um, been dope. <laughs> but I loved the pack of Bulbasaurs. Yeah. That was so cute. They were so tender. <laughs> I know. The tenderest little Bulbasaurs. And the little springy things that flew with them were, was nice too i like the like little sense of mystery that it had in this little valley mm-hmm. that they ended up in right and i think that that really played into like the fantastical elements that pokemon fit very well into i'd say my favorite appearance which was which also coincided with i think my favorite part of the movie was ditto oh <gasps> yeah, ditto ditto freaked me out man. it was so scary but loved seeing ditto kind of do the good powers of Ditto because I always thought Ditto was like an undervalued Pokemon. He can turn into any Pokemon, and the fact that they used him at the end to like just change into all these other Pokemon and then characters, all with the goofy like dumb dotted Ditto eyes. I thought that was cool. He's totally rife for set piece. Yeah, in the, in a movie like this, if they hadn't put Ditto in this, it would have been a mistake. I also kind of liked the little the Mister Mime interrogation. I thought that was well done. It's very good. The best parts of this movie is where they use the fun quirks of the Pokemon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it really succeeds. Yeah. You can tell the people behind the scenes in this film understood what made Pokemon fun. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's also the thing. Video game adaptations, they always seem to, like, misread what makes the hook of that video game so enthralling, right? Right. And generally, people choose more cinematic video games. So translating that over to Assassin's Creed, you're getting some dumb Renaissance Jason Bourne movie, and that's not necessarily what made Assassin's Creed so cool. Right. right? But with this, they really understood what Pokemon means and what the flavor, the Pokemon flavor, (laughs) right? I don't know if I want to taste the flavor of Pokemon. Ooh. No. I don't know what Charmander's cooking up on his grill today, but There's I was probably no, fanfic about that too. While we're relating it to other things, just really quick, it really gave me the parade in particular gave me major like Okja vibes. Like yeah. it was it really freaked me out. I was like, this is whenever there's giant balloons in a parade, like something ominous is gonna happen. Especially with these other strange creatures that not everyone is cool with. Right. Same stuff happens, yeah. With this movie, though, I'd say the best parts were where they focus on the Pokemon. So if they ever do make a sequel, I'd love for them to just erase the humans, but still see all these fun little animated guys. And maybe they translate all their Pika Pikas, and then we have a great voice cast of Ryan Reynolds and Tiffany Haddish and Cedric the Entertainer. 
And that would be it's an animated movie in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Or they could do sort of like Happy Feet where it's a hybrid. Yeah, I think I would like that. I, it would honestly be funnier if they made up some like human language where it was like you just the Pokemon only hear them saying their names or something. Oh, that'd be mm, hilarious. That would be funny. <laughs> Tim, 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 Tim. Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim, Tim, Tim. And then they go on their other quirky, silly adventure. Maybe something happens, but it's cute. Now, that'd be something where it'd definitely be for kids, but I think the world would love it because they're not even trying to say, oh, it's for everyone, but we can all gather in the nostalgia and the fun that we all love about Pokemon together instead of, oh, I'm an adult and I'm here for the story. No, you're not. Yeah, they do sort of market the movie as one that will appeal to kids and adults. Yeah. To to kids who are new to Pokemon and to people who grew up with Pokemon, right? Again, story-wise, it's not for adults. No. So they mm-hmm. didn't really succeed at pleasing both audiences. So I think like the way for them to really succeed to the broadest audience, if there's going to be a sequel, is just to hire better writers, like bottom line. Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. Fingers crossed. All righty. Well, I'm going to play us out of here. If you want to download other episodes of the show or stream them or do whatever, you can go to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and Spotify. Catch them all that way? You can catch them all that way. You can catch all the podcasts that way on all of those services. Till then, I've been Mason Moreau. I'm Patrick Baylor. And I'm Beth Marcinko. And, and Team, Team Ginger's, Ginger's blasting off again!